Chase Bell is a songwriter and music producer and artist, originally from New Jersey. Music has always been a part of Chase's life. Growing up, his mother was a cabaret jazz singer in New York, and Chase was often in the city to watch her perform. He was drawn to the piano and guitar and could often be found practicing his craft or studying all kinds of music genres. One night, a teenage Chase would find himself performing on the same stage his mother used to perform at. While the experience was exciting and surreal, he felt he still lacked some of the confidence in his skills as a performer, and he made the decision to take a couple years off to really hone his craft. He'd eventually find himself in London and then Italy, all the while working on his music and meeting other talented musicians, each experience opening more and more doors for Chase on his path of music. On the other side of one of those open doors was Los Angeles, and now Chase is here with a new sense of confidence and excited for the year ahead. I'm Bobby Gonzalez, and this is Spoken Dreams. Chase Bell. I'm a songwriter, music producer, and performer, artist. I got into music really early because my mom was a cabaret jazz singer in New York. It influenced me a lot. I would go in there to New York and watch her sing, and watching her, it, it, like, it influenced my psyche without even realizing, I think. I mean, my earliest memories were all about wanting to be doing something in music. First of all, it was like I was enamored by the piano and the guitar. So I had a piano and a guitar in my house, and both those instruments really, really called me. I spent so much time just trying to figure them out, but mainly, of course, when you get started, you weren't good. I wasn't good at all. And uh, so the beginning of my life was always trying to figure out why, why I'm so bad at this. <laughs> Music is the only thing where I really would, I would go home and I would just like study it and just focus on it and keep playing that guitar and keep, keep learning different styles of music. I wasn't trying to just learn one specific style. I try to learn like all these different styles and some artists would influence me when I was like, you know, 12, 13, 14, like for instance, Jimi Hendrix. I read somewhere that he, you know, was influenced by early blues. So I would listen to them and listen. I was the only one that was listening to old blues when they're in like middle school. Everyone was like, why are you listening to these? Sounds so bad, the recordings. I'm like, but I was just, but I was just trying to dive into it and, and fall in love with what he fell in love with so that I can be like, him, for instance, and then Nirvana was the same way. And so I remember going to school and and just couldn't wait to get out so I can go home and learn how to play the guitar. So my mom played pretty often, at least that I can remember, in New York City, which is like 45 minutes from where I grew up in New Jersey. The biggest memory I have is my own performance in the same bar that she was at. And like it's really very clear in my mind going to that bar and playing on, on stage. I remember going to New York and went to this blues club and I don't remember how many people there were. I remember there were some people in the audience, but of course it's like New York, it's just a bar, it's no big deal. It wasn't like a big deal show or anything. It was like six o'clock on like a Tuesday, you know? But it was a big deal for me, it was a huge deal. I remember like every little moment, I remember the people I was on stage with, it was this band and they had like, you know, different performers would come up on stage and I was like, you know, the young guy with like a little crappy guitar and I tried to fit in and stuff and it was just like, it was just mind-blowing for me because I just loved it so much. Um, I remember the, there was this big guy next to me, and he was singing, like, Bob Marley songs, and he was always trying to, like, come on, man, you can step up. I know, I know you, got, you got it going on. You got it. He's always giving me, like, the reinsurances that I'm, 
that I'm supposed to be doing this, you know, which is which is nice when you're when you're young and you, and you want it, but you don't have any real background in it yet. So, and then I really went back on. I heard a, I heard a documentary about Eric Clapton how he saw somebody play, and then he went back and worked on his guitar skills for like two years every single day. So I thought to myself, you know, maybe I just need to work on my own skills before I go out there and perform. I want to go out and perform and not and not have to be learning on stage. Although, of course, you do every time you go on stage. But the point was that when I was like, the first couple of instances that I performed in New York when I was 13, 14, 15, then I went back and I just honed in on my skills for another two years. And, th- and then I went to London and I wanted to practice in front of people that I had never seen before, had never met before, that didn't care about me so I can really just perform for people that didn't know me. Being in London was really good. I went to Camden, uh, performed like every night in Camden Town, which is a really cool like area of London. And I remember I met all these different people and just was going from different bar to different bar with, with a guitar. And you know, this bar would take care of my drinks, the next bar would take care of my food. And eventually I'd be like, yeah, this is really cool. And every night I would do that for six months. I, I got involved with a, a studio called Apollo Studios. We did an album. I hired all these different people. We, we would go in and I would hire the musicians. We'd work on different uh, albums for different artists. And that was really great experience for me to be in a studio because I'd never been there before, a real studio. And um, led, led me to uh, get a group of musicians in London who were all Italians and were jazz guys, like the best Italian jazz musicians were, were like hanging out in London at a certain point. And I like clinged on to them. And they said, why don't you go to London, uh, Italy with us? So I went to Italy one time. I got like, you know, uh, meshed in with my, the Italian scene and we performed all over Italy. And one performance was pretty big for me. It was the biggest performance I had done in Italy at that point. And it was, they said like 35 to 5,000 people were gonna come to a little city. And it was like an event, the government put it on. They hired us, they paid us. There was eight people on stage, all of, and we can play whatever we wanted, two hours worth of music. So. It was like a big deal for me, and I was probably 21. And I remember we had rehearsed a lot to get it right, and of course my voice completely broke the night before. Like I couldn't even speak. I was I was so scared, right? And I was gonna cancel it, but, that, but, that, but my other bandmates were like, Listen, we can't cancel the show, it's ridiculous. So I was like, look, I can't sing, I can't even speak. And that was really good for me, because I thought to myself like, this is it, this is death. Like, I'm gonna get on stage, I can't even sing, right? But then I got on stage and I just had fun and I just enjoyed myself. And I don't think that anyone even noticed because I was just jumping around a lot more, you know? I was just acting like I was so in the moment that I didn't need to sing, but really I just, I couldn't. <laughs> so that, like after that happened, then I told myself, you know, if I can live through that experience, then it doesn't matter. Like I can, I can live through a really, really bad experience and still, you know, still want to do this. I remember my dad called me one time and he was like, he was like, what are you doing? You got to get your life together, man. You're, you can't just be hanging out in Italy. I don't even know where you are. Right. And I was like, dad, if you knew the lifestyle that I'm living right now, you wouldn't be telling me that because I'm having so much fun. And yeah, I just, I didn't really know where it was going to lead me. I had no idea. I thought that, you know, it was going to go, I thought my life was going to go on a completely different trajectory, but I wasn't telling myself this is not right or this isn't good enough so this is somehow right and I just kind of knew that I was that it was a process and I was learning when I was in Italy I don't know how I don't remember now but I got a gig here 
doing music for a string of Revlon commercials. And I think that was a big moment for me to change, to come out here, to live out here, and to drop everything I was doing in Europe and to be out here in LA because this is where things like that happen. And I thought to myself, maybe this is the right step. So in that case, it was like very clear. When I moved out to LA, I was living in Beechwood Canyon, a really cool part of LA where you can walk down and it's Hollywood Boulevard right there. So I would walk down and it really called me to, to become what LA wanted me to become because it was instantly inspiring. And the, the scene of uh, songwriters all over the place, little parties where you can go and showcase your music and people like listen. Uh, and they're not looking for you to play like the hit song that they know, that they're looking for you to play what your heart wants you to play. That was really inspiring to me. I had felt like I was paying my dues for a long time. And when I got the, the gig at Revlon, with the, it was basically a director that just liked my music and she wanted to put my music on all these different little Revlon videos. And I took it really, really seriously. And that opened up uh, me thinking to myself, you know, I could really get my music onto different platforms. Like what, I looked back at that and I said, why is it that I got picked for that? I wasn't really the right person, but I knew the director. The director liked me on a personal level. She believed in me and she knew that I was going to try my best. So that was like, I didn't think that was the way that it was going to work. I thought it was going to be a record label or something picks you up and stuff like that. But just this little thing where I got you know, 30 seconds of my music onto a bunch of different Revlon commercials opened my brain up to thinking that, you know, I got to stick here in LA and I got to meet a lot of people and just meet people that think that maybe I can help them in their projects. So then I started to do a lot of compositional work for, you know, pro bono, uh, wherever I could, whenever anyone said yes, or even stuff that didn't say yes, I would just write it, get inspired by their work and then send it to the director, send it to the producer, send it to anyone that I knew, or even people I don't know. You know, I would spend a lot of time working on music and then send it to someone, hoping that they would listen and like it. And uh, that's really good to do because then you're just constantly working on new stuff, whether or not you're getting paid for it, but you're just constantly working on, on getting your music somewhere. And that opened a lot of doors for me because people were like, why do you keep sending me stuff? And like, who are you? And then that opened up a relationship. And that's how I got my stuff on to um, Lucifer a year ago, was I had sent them, I had sent this company like all this different music you know, they didn't know me from, from anyone, but I had sent them all this different music. It was perfect for their show. And then they finally said, this song is right. They called me and I said, this is the right song for the show. You just got to keep throwing your stuff at the wall and see what sticks. In 2019, I'm producing lots of different artists, writing with a lot of different artists, and we're going to release a lot of different stuff, and setting myself up as an artist to release 10 songs at least. And also, I'm performing every month at Harvell's in Santa Monica on 4th Street. So come and see me at the end of every month, every last Friday of every month from 9 to 11. But I, but I keep playing all night long. So I'd love to see you there. So that's really exciting. So I get to, it's an easy situation where I get to like perform every month and also be in the studio every single day, honing in on my skills. Um, and yeah, I'm going to be writing and producing really inspiring music, at least to me, because that's the whole point for me is to write stuff that makes me inspired. I want to wake up, listen to a song and be inspired. I don't like background music. For me, it's like the music is the forefront. <laughs> it's right up front. When I have music on, I don't, listen, I don't listen to anything else. And the music has to take me somewhere. That's why I get inspired by artists. I listen to artists. And if, if their music is so captivating that it, that it makes me lose sense of time, lose sense of who I am, and, and I get influenced by the song in some way, in a positive way, then I'm really inspired. And that's what I want to do. 
That's what I want my music to do. Looking back, I guess, I wanted to have a big break, you know? Everyone thinks that that's how you get to a certain level because all of the people that I emulated, Bob Marley, Jimi Hendrix, they all had, at least the stories that they had was like, you know, you go play at one little rinky-dinky bar, you got picked up by Chas Chandler, you get on a flight to London, and then you're right in front of Eric Clapton, and then you blow up, you know? That's, that's Hendrix's story. But looking back, it's more like I just, a door opened and I walked in, and then you see another door, another door opens, and then you realize you're in a, new, a completely new room, you know? Rather than like a big break happening, which is always what I was always trying to find and figure out how to get that break. I would say, you know, it's a long road, but you're doing the right things. You just got to be focused on how you can get better every single day. If you get focused on how you get better every single day, then that's great. Um, and that's really important to me, to be focused on getting really, really good at, at, your, at, the, at what you're doing, whether it's music or anything. And, um, and don't judge yourself against anyone else. Just judge yourself against who you were yesterday. Just try to be better than that. And then every day, if you do that, you'll look back and be like, wow, I've gotten a lot better at this and um and that's so simple but life is simple until we make it complex simple simple is not easy but you know you got to be focused on what you want consistently and it takes time takes time takes 10 years 15 years it depends maybe it won't for you but for me it took whatever however long and it's still taking however long at least i know now that i'm happy where i am if you stay concentrated and passionate about what you want and you just keep keep going, you're gonna be, eventually, you're gonna find yourself in a really, really good place. The devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. That was Chase Bell. As he mentioned, Chase is excited to release a lot of new music this year. Right now, you're listening to his song, The Devil Made Me Do It. And he's planning on releasing another single soon called She Wears Red, so be on the lookout for that. And don't forget, you can see Chase perform live every last Friday of the month at Harvell's on 4th Street in Santa Monica. We'll have all that information and more on our website at ktla.com slash spoken dreams. You can follow along with me on Instagram. I'm at sounds like Bobby and find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at spoken dreams pod. You can also like the spoken dreams Facebook page. KTLA has a lot of exciting stuff coming up in the podcast world, so don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and all our other shows available wherever you listen to podcasts. There are new KTLA podcast episodes available every day of the week, and subscribers always get them first. Spoken Dreams will have a new episode next Monday, so until then, break a leg. Spoken Dreams is produced by me, Bobby Gonzalez, for the KTLA 5 News in Los Angeles. Executive producers are Olson Ebright and Jason Ball. And I'd love to hear from you. Tell me what you thought of this week's story, or even tell me your own story. You can shoot me an email at spokendreams at ktla.com. <laughs>